What up, guys? Here we go. It's Height Drop 73. This is with Max Henry. And Max Henry is, first of all, the author of The Parkour Roadmap, which is a very good and important book if you're getting interested in parkour or already interested in it but have not read it. And he was in our studio on September 7th, actually. This is when this was recorded. September 7th of this year. We did it live for the YouTube channel. And... Now it's coming out in the RSS feed, so hope you guys dig it. Again, we're kind of dripping out some of these older live stream episodes, but if you want to be right on top of it, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And then, you know, he is just a really, I always love talking with Max because he's really well read on certain like math and philosophical topics that Hobies helps me kind of expand my thinking. and. Um, he's just a really smart guy, really well-spoken, and he's a really good at training. It shows up in his, in his training. He's got like that mathematical kind of precision with his technique. And he, you know, is a very, very good person to kind of emulate if you want a nice sustainable approach to yours. And in this episode, we're talking about perspective kind of how our perspective and speaking of math like he does he we talk about an algorithm that we um have like a kind of a concept of how your training sits inside your mind and what that algorithm of parkour is doing and how it's updating itself so it's pretty interesting little talk we also talked about the dave Chappelle comedy special or some other things that came out back in um you know over a month ago so i hope you guys enjoy this one and certainly we'll have Max back on. Um, thank you, Max, for being a part of it. Thank you guys for being here and listening with me and staying in touch. Uh, please let me know what you want to see next, where you want this thing to go with me. And, of course, I will be listening. Love you guys. All right, here we go with Max Henry. Welcome, Max Henry, to the stream, baby. Thank, thank you. you for joining. There's no, there's no H in welcome. Is there? Welcome. Well, but it sounds so much better. Welcome, baby. <laughs> I'm going to require that everyone use an H in every word from <laughs> now ev- on. Every word? That'd yeah. Be, that'd be really tough. That'd be a hard game. Hi. That, one, that one's already good. That one's good. Hi. My high name <laughs> is <laughs> Brandon, all right? You, that sounds like such a creepy phone sex voice. <clears throat> Wow. Or like, or you just can't breathe. Yeah, oh, that is a little bit. Dude, I'm a little intimidated. I'm on. I've never done it live before. You never done it live? Well, you don't have to worry one bit because you know who watches this? About 14 people, tops. That's. I thought you were gonna say like four. 14 is more than. Okay, well, more than well, I thought. Well, live watching it about zero, and okay. then like. When you post on Instagram. When we post it later. Dude, I didn't even post it. Man, I'm so bad at the at the podcasting life. I've been real just see what I'm what I'm doing is I'm coming in under the radar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everyone's doing the promotion, right? Everyone's like, Oh, I'm gonna post every day and blah blah blah. I'm like, this is the strategy of everyone else where I <laughs> go the other way. And I'm gonna go no posts. Just let them find you. Yeah. The truth. If they fans. find you and they like what they find then good if they don't like what they find i didn't even put it out there you're like the bands that are really popular that'll do like a secret underground show you know like you're just gonna show up mumford and sons did that in denver the other day dave Chappelle, dude he's going into uh he he just shows up at the clubs oh really his whole like 
he had that whole Africa, like whatever. Yeah, were you I Dave Chappelle fan? That. I am. I mean, I just so I kind of like. I feel like I took a break from Dave Chappelle, and then you the other day special. I don't know if you heard the uh, the new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, is it the one that just came out? Sticks and Stones. Okay, I did see that one. Yeah, that what was pretty. I love Dave Chappelle because he's so self-aware when he's being a dick. Yeah. You know, like he's just yeah. like fully like I'm gonna make these jokes that I know are inappropriate. And I know why they're inappropriate and why people would take offense to them. But I think it's more valuable that people just like learn to deal with it. And like the way that he does it, I feel like it's just like the Chappelle show was so good. Yeah. And you could just see then like how smart he is and like how relevant his comedy is to like what's happening. And I think that even though I don't agree with like some of the things that he'll say in his jokes, it's like. I feel like the reason that he's doing it, like there is a reason behind it. It's not just shock value or to voice like mm-hmm. the masses, you know, especially that's, it's just interesting. He's it a is. character. Can you tilt that? I know that because mine's pointed at my face, it looks yeah. like yours is this be, better. Yours is actually Boom. like this. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I think I just really, I've always been a huge fan of his too, but a lot of people were up in arms about it. A lot of people were like... For which? Well, he knew a lot of people, right? This mm. is like the age we're living in, right? And that's partly why he's talking about this. Yeah. Is he's like, what are we doing? Like, why are we trying to jump down everyone's throats with what could be offensive? He's like dancing around these really controversial topics. Yeah. But obviously everyone in the crowd's having a good time. And yeah, they may be biased. They went out to see a Deja Pell show. They are fans of his. But, you know, I also just don't understand why you... There was like a, who I mean, was I attacking him the like, most <clears throat> or like what, what was he getting the most flack for? I don't even know. Cause I, I don't even mean to pay attention to this stuff. It just, it came into my, it reached like apparently on Rotten Tomatoes, it has like a 0% rating oh from gosh. like critics or it had it. Now it's like 20 something, yeah. but like 99% from audiences. Mm-hmm. So you have this like huge disparity in, um, and just, I don't and I don't know what that is. You know, obviously, like people are fans of his that are like, and everyone appreciates him. Like I like him. I don't know people that spend time worrying about a comedian they don't like. Yeah, <clears throat> it's but also like the like, whole job of a comedian that like are super. You know, they're very politically correct, and they don't think that these things ought to be joked about, or they think they're outdated or whatever. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like it's the whole point of a comedian to like draw attention to the opinions of like the inappropriate sometimes opinion opinions of the masses in a way that is like more palatable and i think he has done that with some issues and then with some other issues like i think he is too on the nose with it still it's just like too sensitive people are not able to handle it but i don't know it's one of those situations where it's like it's it's hard to say also that like hey you should not take things this seriously when like it's hard for me to say that because it's like I don't have anything that people like no one's going to be making fun of me for anything that's like that intense yeah, because that's I'm like the the most straightforward vanilla like privileged <laughs> human being right you know it's like a white straight dude living in yeah. Denver in America yeah you got that like this happening yeah exactly but and then for Dave Chappelle like obviously he's black but it's like he's pretty wealthy he's famous like he also is not really in the best position to talk about 
now currently yeah, yeah, but like obviously he went through a lot of stuff in his life where like he did face discrimination well and he still keeps his pulse on that really yeah. seems to right yeah um, he's like, definitely aware of like the issues that our people are facing <clears throat> yeah yeah there's a couple of white dudes we don't really have much to uh offer and sometimes yes like so it's like for me with those that. jokes i'm like a little bit i feel like i'm like eh, i can see where he's coming from i don't really find it that funny but I think it's more just because I'm like, I try to be aware of the fact that like me finding it funny is just kind of a function of ignorance from where I'm coming from in my life. But I see that like from where he's coming from, you know, it's like, look at the progress that society's made on certain issues. Like I know he has like the whole thing with like the, like a whole jokes about like the trans community. Mm-hmm. And I think like his kind of point behind it seemed to be from when I was watching the specials, like, people care about this issue and have like put so much work into it in the last 20 years and like have put more work into it than like civil rights over like a hundred year span (laughs) because it affects like rich white people. Yeah. And like that part of his joke, I think is like, obviously it could be really offensive to a lot of people, but it also touches on like a topic that is based in reality where you're like, Oh shit. yeah, Yeah. Like things that affect white men, definitely like gonna you know like people are gonna like put money into that and yeah yeah their money is there right yeah it's been there for a long time it's where it started but also like the way he's (laughs) going about it is like yeah is that really like is he contributing to the issue or is he not contributing to the issue and i think it just depends what audience you think he's speaking to i think most people that go to dave Chappelle shows are not like showing up in maga hats and nra hats and like i yeah, hate trans people they're just like urban people that live in the city that think dave Chappelle's funny and pretty smart and like want to yeah. hear him make them laugh yeah i don't think there's like you know there's like this real people versus yeah. like these people i mean there's people that want to be if i don't know i don't know these people that's the thing is like i don't know the people that get really offended it's like they only exist like in the ether <laughs> right like all i hear is just people talking about them or you can see them online sometimes like protesting or whatever but man i don't know people that protest really and i don't know people that really get up in arms and this is like a weird thing that's happening i think with comedy in general right now is just things are kind of tilting back against the politically correct um it's finding just equilibrium so that that like yeah people are kind of like pushing back again it's weird yeah like, it's, it's well i mean that's like, like the, the whole i feel like that's the whole political cycle that we're going through yeah. with like trump's election it was like all of the people that felt alienated that had been in power for the last 200 years or at least thought they'd been in power but in actuality are probably like just as screwed as most of the people that were discriminated against actively like poor white people politically don't really have any more power than like most you know other people so but like they felt like whoa all this has been taken from me like the liberals voted for obama and they're trying to take away my taxes blah 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 so i feel like you see that that shift to find equilibrium right where it's like a huge percentage of the population was like whoa i feel like i've been silenced after years of my voice being heard and then Mm -hmm. they came out and hence we have trump as president and then like I think, yeah, like comedy in society, like you see the same thing, right? People go from being like very aware and like politically correct and trying to kind of find 
avoid like trying to make sure that like nobody's stepping on anybody's toes and taking their voice from them and then people who have made their living just kind of saying what they think or like well why can't I say what I think anymore now I'm going to be more obnoxious to compensate for all of these other people mm-hmm. who feel like they can't speak because they're not in a position to you know talk about these topics which is like what we were just saying where I'm like ultimately at the end of the day I'm like a cis white dude who <laughs> like has a job and I can pay rent so like who am I to talk about these topics and then there's the people that like you know they experience that but they're like nah dude I need to go hard do we get a comment we got a comment from Jacques he says I've never seen Chappelle in my adult life what thing of his should I start with dude watch Chappelle start with show. wherever you want you know I would definitely watch the, I mean, Chappelle, the Chappelle show. show legendary. It's like that was the golden age of sketch. It's arguably by many people this the greatest sketch comedy production of all time. It was only two seasons. Yeah, they went out on top. Dave Chappelle didn't like he was just he didn't like what he was feeling in the entertainment industry, and maybe that's partially why he's like kept that street cred and that like tie to just the underground or whatever. Yeah. Just like a, an embracement from. It seems like he was like unwilling to sell out in one way, in one term or another. He's not even him. new and that's Netflix like why special. he does still seem to have like a relevant point of view. Yeah, I mean, it's as as much as he's like, oh, I'm, you know, he's whatever multimillionaire now. You know, he even makes a joke about it in the special about like, yeah, what happens if Trump gets reelected? He goes probably get a huge tax break or yeah, or like yeah, when he shows in a completely different position now, but. <laughs> All that to say, just like he still has a point of view like people resonate with. Otherwise, why would they be laughing? That's what's so interesting to me about comedy. I was actually talking about this with Marquise a little bit, but you know, I've been like thinking about dipping my toe into that scene a little bit more and more. And he's and comedy is weird because when people are laughing, it's like that's like scientific evidence or something almost. Yeah. Of like people either it being true or something or it being like true or people true can empathize with people it like in some people, way like it's non-threatening or something it's like it's uh it like it needed to be said or whatever like it's just an interesting thing like if it's on people's minds and they like that's the way they can get it out is through laughter is yeah. by having it kind of be like you said raised in a palatable palatable way yeah and that's like why these comedians probably have to take so long to curate their act and that's why they risk, you know, bombing yeah. on stage many, many times before they can kind of get the feedback from the audience. I'm like, oh, okay, this is like what's resonating. I do think the interesting thing that they, and I don't remember if it was in Sticks or Stones or the previous um, Netflix special, but like some of the jokes when he was like talking about them, they show people in the audience who are like very clearly uncomfortable, yeah. which I liked that they included because that's kind of like... <laughs> The guilty laughter is almost like a cue of like, this is like, he's voicing an opinion that is like dying out, you know? Mm. And I think that's part of what is like interesting about Dave Chappelle was that like, I think he's fully aware that he's like making jokes based on opinions that are like, because they're so incorrect you know, yeah. he's kind of like the kind of like this like the self-aware white comedians in the like seventies who would be like making like racially slightly inappropriate jokes, but like they're aware that like I'm making these jokes because I'm voicing the opinion of a generation that is like slowly dying. Mm. You know, and I feel like he's kind of 
it's kind of like sits in that weird place where you're like, I feel uncomfortable and I understand why people would laugh at this, but like, I don't know if I want to laugh at this. And I thought they did a good job in the special of like capturing, there were just like a couple sequences like generally everybody's having a great time and then there'd be a couple where like people are like kind of laughing and they'd like cut to one person and their face would just kind of be like, <laughs> mm, I don't know if I liked that one, you know? <laughs> See, that makes me laugh. Yeah. The guy that's uncomfortable with it too is just like, I don't know, that's funny to me too. Yeah. It's just like, because you're at least making that person think. Yeah. Like you're saying, like you're already thinking like, do I want to laugh at this? If you're not laughing, but everyone else around you is laughing, then you might be wondering like, why are they laughing? Why am I not? Which... Again, that's probably the the value of these comedians. They're kind of like re- reflecting back, like where we're at. Like you said, yeah. maybe things are on their way out. Jokes are on their way out. Some people are uncomfortable with it. Some people it's like a barometer like almost. Losing you know? it, you know, they're like slapping their knee over it because they it's they have no laughter. Is yeah. it like something like if you if you're really laughing, you're not choosing. You're not really going to have time to think about There's it. There's no reflection. Laughing. Yeah. So that's what's interesting is like it'll reveal that subconscious. For sure. Peel back the layers of kind of like the collective unconscious of like yeah. what's what's really happening with us right now as human beings. Like where are we at? And that's where we're at. You yeah. Know, at least from his point of view. And you can kind of see that bubble. And I feel like he does a good job of capturing that split where there's yeah. like the half of the people that are just kind of like reacting to whatever like their gut instinct is, which is like laughter. Obviously, like there I'm sure you've experienced this. Like there are situations, especially when you're younger where like something happens and you laugh and then you like think back later and you're like, Oh, that was kind of a dick move. Like I really wasn't funny in hindsight, you know, you like reflect on it. And I feel like he captures that really well where it's like, he knowingly is like living in that space where the people who like reflect on the implications of like things that they hear and things that they think through, they're like kind of aware that it's not really always material that should be laughed at. But then the people that are just like, you know, I'm here to sit in a comedy show are going at it and they're just like having a great time. And there's not like necessarily that reflection there. And I think Chappelle himself, like some of his, and you even see it in his speech, like some of the time he's delivering it and he's just like straight up, just kind of like this dude who's like very comfortable, kind of like got like this, I'm from, you know, the hood vibe and I'm just like talking about street he's stuff or like, well, he's just like very, very like colloquial, very casual. Mm-hmm. And then he'll stop and be like, well, actually, and then just go into this like really poignant, like very well articulated point on some like complex political topic or social topic in our country. Totally. And it's like really cool because you see that that process of like reflection, well, you know, he like yeah. encapsulates both sides of that and he can kind of like, I think he can talk to both of those parties, which is like really rare for a comedian, I think. Yeah. The, I think the, all the great ones do that though. Yeah. The really good, the ones that yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of comedy. I love, I've watched, that's why I love You Chappelle. definitely that's, know way more comedy stuff well, than and me. I just, but, I've been, I've been fascinated with yeah. it. I've like, I think when comedians really have something to say, that's what sets them into the next, the, the legend kind of category mm-hmm. for comedians because some of them, like you're saying, some of them, some people just ride off those gut instincts mm-hmm. and some of those comedians are just hilarious, right? They're, they're just like, and they, you, they're always hilarious. And you, yeah. you can never really take that away from them. But what I find the most mesmerizing and the, what I find to be the most interesting and like epic. And what I think most people do too, is when they yeah. talk 
on, on this next level tier. It's like, okay, well, here's what's funny. And you can st- like you can do like dick shit jokes yeah. whatever down here. And then there's like a little bit more cerebral comedy up here. But then there's also like, okay, if you took away all the laughs, what there's a message behind this, yeah. this material. And that's where it starts to get really interesting. And then they have like kind of themes and stuff too. Who knows? But um, was it? St- no, I think it was the one before Sticks and Stones where he like is in the middle of a bit and he just like breaks off and starts telling the story of Emmett Till. <laughs> and And it just like... He's like in the middle of this bit and then he's like, let me just like provide some context because I, you know, a lot of my viewers are like not American. I think he, yeah, that's what he is. He asked somebody, he's talking about like immigration and he asked somebody like, oh, where are you from? The guy's like, I'm from Iran. And he's like, oh, well, you may not have heard of this, um, but like, let me tell you a little story. And then just like breaks into this really intense, I mean, obviously like the murder of Emmett Till is like a super intense story and he like uses that and then like just builds these like really basic jokes off of it. But like, that is the perfect example to me of where he like breaks. And like you're saying, oh, there's this meta the message you ride. There's this meta message that's like oh, floating yeah. on top of everything, you know, yeah, and yeah. he like taps into it and then he's like, all right, I know nobody would listen to me if all I did was like talk like this. So I'm going to like yeah. bring it back down. Well, that's the courageous thing I think that th- he's doing or that these people do is like, yeah. it's an authentic point of view. It's his point of view. It's like, he, like you said, he's really thought about these things and he's got insane talent and pull these meta feelings and thoughts mm-hmm. into like something that is fun to play with and listen to and also can be like striking to like your yeah. heart or whatever. You can be like, whoa, make you think, make you laugh, whatever. But it's it's authenticity too. You can tell like that's where he's at, you know? Yeah. You know, like he's like, this is what I think. But, uh, oh, man, what was I going to say? Oh, you know what I was going to ask you? This is kind of a weird question, speaking of meta. (laughs) But, like, if you could see the human race as, like, parallel to, like, one human growing up. Yeah. You know, and maybe I've always thought, like, this is interesting. Are we we maturing as a human race? Are we? And, like, if so, what age are we right now? Dang. collectively what's the general age of humans in 2019 it's a good question i feel like i feel like people so i feel like we were somewhere in the like teenage years you know that's what it feels like to me too like i feel like we're in that moment where it's like you the first time when you're a teenager that you like say something or do something that's like kind of off and then you realize that you're actually responsible for what you just did (laughs) and you kind of like have that like gut feeling of like shame about it for the first time you know because when you're little like you'll just say dumb stuff and you're kind of like even if you're like 12 or 13 sometimes people will still be like kind of blame your parents for it or whatever and you don't really reflect on it and I feel like that's like where we're getting to is like we're getting through the point of being like, well, you know, we sure we enslaved people for 400 years, but like the Bible had slavery in it. So how am I supposed to blame myself? You know, like, and then it's like, oh, well, actually maybe that kind of was my responsibility to the point where we're now like thinking about things that are much less obvious. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I think like food and like veganism is a good example of something like that or like vegetarianism and climate change, like all these issues that you know, to be a kind of person that can contextualize the experience of an animal and 
empathize with like fear and pain that an animal suffers takes like such a different level of maturity Mm -hmm. and self-reflection to be able to like put yourself into the shoes of something that you'll never be able to talk to you'll never be able to you know like you obviously a cow's not going to be like oh shit this hurts you know like i'm i really miss my baby and i'm being milked all the time (laughs) and so you have to be able to like create that dialogue in your head and i feel like that's like culturally we're at the point where you know you can imagine in the 40s for instance when like people didn't care about you know if you were like we shouldn't do this because it'll hurt animals people would be like well animals are here for us to eat and take advantage of like that's why they're here and then in like 80 years i mean (laughs) obviously a few people and you see this in any movement a few people kind of are a little bit more self-aware yeah and lead the charge but now i feel like except for people who are like will kill a lot of those people ideologically against it just because they're set against like you know you get the people who are like oh i i hate vegetarians i'm gonna eat meat just to spite them <laughs> like there are those people where you're like you have clearly some psychological hang-ups around <laughs> like something that's going on yeah. like you're so adamant against this and unwilling to think through it that that's the biggest thing i oh, yeah no like, you're good. not giving a shit like what like really try to remove yourself from the conversations that you don't care about or remove your opinion from that conversation yeah. if you don't really if you haven't earned it or you don't really feel a strong way about it man it's so hard to not have an opinion yeah when you have a podcast too it's really dumb <laughs> well like that's the whole thing about like, everything but like it's <clears throat> it's so hard for people to not feel like they have to feel strongly about it too yeah people are expected to have a firm opinion yeah. about like so many things he feels like you know but it's not really important it's actually you're not just stay out of the way most of the time i think is a good idea yeah i think it depends i mean firm opinions define the space where conversation happens you know mm-hmm. like you can't i think that's the other thing is, is a lot of times those reactions whether it's like people who you know like gun violence is another one right yeah. like you have a lot of people see a mass shooting and they're like oh my gosh this is like the third one this year and it's only March how many people are we going to let die before we change the laws for you know how easy it is to purchase a gun and ammunition here in this country and then other people I think have this like idea of themselves they feel they need to protect so hard that there's just this like it's again that the reflection versus the gut response Mm -hmm. you know there's just like that subconscious gut response which is like I can't align myself with this other point of view without like giving up so much of my self identity that they have to like protect that identity. And then they end up just like following total nonsense because Mm -hmm. if they don't, it leads them down this path of like, you know, I thought owning a gun was part of my identity, but if, you know, or in this situation, like I need to be able to protect myself. And if I actually think about it on follow this like chain of logic all the way through, I'll realize that this part of my identity is like just some random construct. And then that freaks people out. Right. You're like, I don't, I, I, I don't need exist. to be something or I'm an illusion or just like, I need to be a person in an objective world that makes perfect sense, Oh yeah, you know, and you'll do whatever it takes to like preserve. And that's the, I mean, that's like the like eight year old logic, right. It's like everything makes perfect sense if you think about it. And even in sciences, like you look at like, 
Isaac Newton or someone like that. I mean, classical mechanics in physics is a perfect example of like, let's design a system where if we knew hypothetically, and this is like the Laplace's demon argument, which is like, if there was a demon who knew every particle position and knew like the way that it was moving at one instant, it could predict into the future infinitely and like recursively predict into the past like the entire universe knowing yeah it would know everything that would happen ever cause and effect yeah it would just be able to predict from the laws of motion Mm -hmm. you know and that was like in the 17 and 1800s that was a serious philosophical discussion was like Mm -hmm. can humans at some point know everything and then in the 30s and 20s we started really diving into quantum mechanics and we're like looks like we actually can't even know where a particle is <laughs> and the like the, how fast it's moving at the same time let alone you know be able to predict the entire universe from it. and then we found out about you know like quantum tunneling and all this stuff and it's like actually so much randomness is in the universe and that's kind of to me like going back to what we were talking about you know that certainty remember being a kid and just being so certain of like, you know, opinions that you'd have. And you're like, no, like, I'm not even going to second guess this. Dude. And then you get like a little bit older. Yeah. And you're young as fuck. Yeah. And it's just because confidence. you have no context, right? Girls out there. Yeah, Yeah. You just have no context. Like you're young. And even in training, like you see like, the 15 year old before that like that's never had a bail or something you know and kids that like have never really fallen or never had an injury it's like the level of certainty they have in themselves is like terrifying it's you know? terrifying but also <laughs> what's savage about that is like that opens up doors for them that like yeah don't exist if you don't have that kind of confidence that's true like when you play with because okay you take those random particle and like mm-hmm. random all these random things that generated when you have insane confidence, like it might make zero sense, you know, yeah. in a formula, but it, but it, but that's how you kind of sometimes push yeah. into this new era or new Well, barrier. and you see that even in like, like in, uh, so we were talking a little bit about books earlier. Book I just finished was called Educated by Tara Westover. Uh, it's a really, really interesting book about a woman who was raised in like a, like extremist Mormon house where her parents believed it was like the end of days and stockpiled arms and food and stuff. And she was like raised basically believing the world was going to end. And like in this like really, really insanely conservative extremist like family and her like brother and dad both were like schizophrenic, bipolar and like abusive, all this crazy stuff happened. She didn't go to school. Eventually, she leaves uh, at 16, gets into college, and then finishes by getting a PhD at Cambridge and like writes this memoir about how she went from having like no education. She didn't know what the Holocaust was when she was in college. Whoa. She'd never heard of it. And apparently like there's a scene where she's in class and there's a picture of someone that was, you know, like a, a Jewish prisoner during the Holocaust. And she like raised her hand and was like, excuse me, like, what does that word mean? I don't know. I don't, I've never seen it before. And everybody was just like, thanks for that. Like that was really shitty. And she just like genuinely like had never learned about the Holocaust because her parents were like, that's not important, you know? <laughs> and she, it was like her first year in college. Um, so there's a really, this like really, really crazy book. And in it, she talks about like the force of will that like some of her family members had. And I think that that's just like an example of like believing in yourself with no doubt 
you know, like someone who in this case had like essentially mental illness, but allowed them to believe so strongly that like they were physically and emotionally like able to do things for such an intense period of time that someone who was like full of like doubts and questions wouldn't have the willpower to do like you do. It does create this like sense of, you know, like purpose and willpower that you can tap into. And you see it in like a lot of religious figures, you know, you see it in a lot of, um, to go back to the sciences. I mean, there are a lot of people who have like probably autism or Asperger's in the sciences that were able to do amazing things because they had that singular focus with like no room for doubt or questioning. But then again, that keeps you trapped while it does allow you to do amazing things in certain channels, it keeps you trapped in that mindset where there's no room for any opinion other than yours to survive, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's the, the thing that we've learned culturally, Mm. especially, I mean, and by we, it's like, also it's obviously super different from, you know, first world to developing world to people who are still like living in abject poverty without access to electricity or fresh water their concerns are very different from people like who live in Scandinavia and Mm -hmm. even like our concerns are different from that. But, um, yeah, I feel like that's like kind of what we've learned is like the power that you get from certainty, but then also the kind of like cumulative growth that happens when you like question things, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's like the growing up process is like seeing the cracks in what you believed and then, either filling them or finding like a place that allows you to be comfortable and happy, like knowing that there are just like cracks in what you know and be like, Oh, that might never get fixed. Like (laughs) that's life. (laughs) Well, everything's kind of built on like not knowing more than what I was just listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson on Rogan's podcast. And he mentioned that kind of something similar phrase where it was just like, as the, as the area of our knowledge grows, mm-hmm. the perimeter of our ignorance does as well or something. Like yeah. That. It's like the more we uncover it also, the more questions we start to have because yeah, if, if, cause that's the approach that you're talking about. It's like, you keep questioning things. You're just going to, you're going to get knowledge Yeah, with every little bit of knowledge comes more questions. Yeah. Which is, I mean, think about how much easier the world was to explain to a kid like 300 years ago and they'd be like why is the sky blue and it's like well god created it to be blue god baby done you know like and then now it's like why is the sky blue and you're like well like when water in the air refracts light like this is the color that (laughs) you see and then like we have these different layers of atmosphere and like the simplicity is so pleasant you know Mm. Um, and you can do a lot with it because like, you don't have to worry about basic things. And that's like one of my, so I know we've talked about philosophy before when we were here together. And I think like talked about Sartre and existentialism and that's, I think like he hit the nail on the head when he talks about the kind of like the, the difference between like a simple belief system where you're drawing your values from this concrete thing that defines all of the world perfectly in these shades of black and white versus kind of an existentialist outlook where you're kind of on uneven footing all the time. You're constantly asking questions and having to create your own definitions to find meaning in yeah. what what's around you. But yeah, dude. So I feel like we're that teenager, you know, we're that 14 year old who's just coming into it, you know, like going, yeah, we well, got through puberty. <laughs> we're still maybe that we're still kind of voices cracking a little bit, but 
Ah. We're getting there. It is interesting. I wonder how long, you know, it takes for us to age like a decade. I mean, I feel like we were like, we went from being like infant to like eight year olds and that took like 20,000 years. And then we've gone from like eight year old to like 15 or 16 in the last like 150. It's definitely a hockey. It's the flywheel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's definitely fascinating. I mean, already I'm starting to like see patterns of, of like things that I never, you know, it wouldn't be accessible to somebody who didn't have the internet. Yeah. Um, and even things like comedy and stuff, like seeing those cycles of politically correct humor go in and Mm -hmm. out of style and like one, and then the things that actually get trimmed off at the bottom of like, nope, no longer acceptable. Yeah. And things that are, you know, you just see this progress building and it's, it's pretty cool to witness. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, I'm sure every, that, that's fascinating to me always what, what time feels like to someone who's just even from a different generation. Yeah. What they're like what they're witnessing. Cause as things are becoming more segmented now too, it feels easier to, to, to just, the world is so much easier to access, but it's also really easy that it's weird. It pushes you into a corner too. It wants to like put you into like a, your own, an ideology or an identity as much as it offers all these other areas to explore. Does the world or is it, do you think it's just like a Not reaction that we have? No, no, no. Yeah, you're right. Like it's, subconsciously. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, the human Like tendency. that fear of choice, right? It's and a you're human like, tendency to, yeah. Like, you want to simplify. You, you want to find you're like, that black and white. structure for movement forward. Yeah. And. What's well, exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. We're without that structure. We realize it's really hard to grow. You're spinning mm-hmm. around in circles because you have nothing to build on. And. Yeah. Like now we're able to self-define, but there's so many ways we can self-define. And I think that's one of the reasons that you see a lot of like, again, to go back to um, like Dave Chappelle making jokes that a lot of people would view as like really inappropriate about the trans community. It's like, how do you have two people who are both smart and empathetic that are on such clearly different levels about what's insensitive and what's not? And it's like when you build your identity on these different things and you have these different values, those value systems like find places to clash and just like the way you define yourself is really important. And obviously in like what you consider to be like offensive or, you know, so I think that's like the other, that, that you hit the nail on the head where it's like that scrambling Mm -hmm. feeling that you get for, and then in our generation, I feel like a lot of people are so overwhelmed by it that they just end up like, you know what I have all these opportunities I could do this I could be like you know I could start an organic farm or I could Mm -hmm. like be an accountant or I could go to school and be a lawyer or I could like be a musician and you just get overwhelmed and then you're like well I guess I'll just like chill and watch Netflix you know (laughs) because it's just that there's too many options it's almost like you need that someone to simplify things for you yeah you need that father figure to just be like son you're going to college but get in there we don't have that Go, right what's now. your 40 year plan? Dude. What's your four decade plan? I need to know it right now. Not uh, a bad exercise in thought though, right? It, no matter how five years question is no five years is good. Five years is a, probably a much more reasonable thing to aim with. What's your five year plan? Five year plan. Let's see. I'll be 35. Oh, you're so old. I can do math, bro. <laughs> um, you know what? I don't even think five years makes sense for me right now to plan for. I think like the more certainty you already have and the more like you're all right, already aiming at something very 
right now I'm in a more exploratory phase anyways. So mm -hmm. for me, I'll, the plan is to be well figured out, you know, more, more on a path by then that I'm like, probably, I think within the next year I'll be, have a really good idea of, okay, what I'm really digging deep into again. Yeah. Um, you know, I've kind of put distance between like myself and the community of parkour, for example, not because I've been like, oh shit, I need to get away from things, but just because it's natural like growth process. I feel like I'm going in a different direction, doing different things. And that breakup terminology right there. I just feel like we're going, oh, different we're just going different directions. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a breakup. We're it's just, just like things. We yeah, just need a little a, space. A relationship. You, know? you have a relationship with everything, right? Yeah. You have a relationship with an athletic discipline as much as you do have one with your significant others and friends and yeah loved ones and everything else so it is weird that it is a terminology that comes up and it is like painful in that regard but yeah i think like you know what the the tour symbol or whatever is mm -hmm. you've familiar the taurus taurus it's like that kind of donut shape oh yeah, yeah yeah so i feel like you kind of have these cycles sometimes where you like I didn't know shit what I was doing for a while, right? When mm -hmm. my, before I started doing parkour, it was like, all right, I was out of college. I was kind of in this again, more exploratory phase. I had this degree. I was gonna. What's your degree in again? I had a degree in creative um, journalism, which was the advertising track. Gotcha. Of like copywriting, art direction, and then <clears throat> as I was getting interested in parkour things kind of like reveal themselves to you, right? The randomness yeah. that you're encountering in your life. If you keep that open mind, if I, you know, I've embraced a certain amount of uncertainty there because obviously there was a lot of go to, you know, you have this degree, go to an advertising agency, be in an advertising firm. Yeah. Um, and become a junior copywriter or a junior art director or do something like that mm -hmm. or take a traditional path, um, into a career that, you know, I wasn't interested in and so I swam around a little bit in like figuring out what I was interested in and it became parkour and then I just then you start to focus in on something right and it's just like yeah and I just got more and more interested in it and just then you kind of get to this like uh pinnacle or like whatever singularity point yeah where you're just like this is it baby. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you start to like, maybe you go through the, the funnel you yeah. go through the funnel and you come out the other side and you have all this knowledge and experience and things gained. And, but uh, it's not necessarily where you want to come back to. Like maybe you keep going in through that funnel. Like a mm -hmm. lot of people will just maybe stay in that same cycle with, and maybe gaining lots of things. And maybe I, I will. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm being taken in different directions with my interests and what I love to do and where I want to go and where I'm growing and who I'm trying to spend time with and questions I need to answer for myself and yeah. experiences I want to have. So I feel like this is maybe something that you, you can like talk on also. So I definitely can, can vibe with that. I feel like the, for me at least, when I started training, the biggest thing was like always that the mentality I had and that I developed in training, just kind of like thinking creatively and thinking about space and myself and my interaction with the world around me differently. 
I felt like that mentality was the most important thing mm. in training. And as long as I maintained that, I was like doing parkour mm-hmm. essentially, you know, and I still kind of like feel that way. So I feel like when I go through any sense and, and we were talking about this as well, cause I was saying how, um, for anybody that's watching, like I last month, I basically have been like recovering from pneumonia slash the flu slash bronchitis. Still alive boys and girls. <laughs> but I, I was like bedridden for, essentially for like three weeks and my body's like super out of shape and tight from not being able to do anything for a significant amount of time. Um, and then before that, like I'd been traveling and doing stuff with family. So it's been like two months since I was like training hard. Uh, but in the same amount of time, I feel like for instance, like being really sick and having to go to a job that you can't just like call out of and having to do that six days a week, you know, or like whatever, like 40 hours, that's like such a good lesson for training. And in my head, everything always still feels like training. Even when I'm mm-hmm. like away from parkour, I feel like the mental algorithm, you know, that like kind of runs parkour of like viewing everything as like a challenge yeah. and viewing everything as an opportunity for growth and like transformation, mm-hmm. which is like in training, right? Oh, what's this wall? Is this wall stopping me or is it an opportunity for me to grow, develop my skills, kind of continue to transform myself into this more competent person? I feel like that mindset just is constantly like running in the background. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, like if you feel the same way, because it's like when I've, I've felt so distanced from the community as well. Mm -hmm. Like I was watching NAPC and I was just like, man, this feels so different from like what my training looks like and what I kind of like still view parkour as not in a bad way, you know, it's like, it looked really fun, but it was just like, wow, this feels like super different from how it felt watching it even last year. And I just know it's because of the kind of like personal changes that I've gone through, Mm. but at the same time, it's still like that algorithm is still running and collecting data and just like everything (laughs) is still a part of that growth process, you know, information and like, yeah, you're creating, yeah, your algorithm is being updated constantly. Yeah. It's a, it's, oh, I definitely feel that way. It's super interesting. And like when we even kind of throwing it back to the earlier part of our conversation, like I started to, you know, bring these questions to light. The ones we were just talking about. Yeah. Just like, okay, how attached to my, how much of this parkour thing that I think is part of my identity is real and how much is it just like something I've convinced myself because it's just a construct of like what everyone else is doing and what, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, what, what does it really mean to me? And there's a lot of stuff to mine there. Yeah. Um, I think like that's a really good point too, is like how much is, and social media is obviously famous for this because you see the highlights of everybody's life. You don't see yeah. the low moments, but you know, part of that parkour identity, I think that I've had trouble like dealing with. And one of the reasons I, I moved here and I was like, I'm going to get a job that has nothing to do with parkour. Mm-hmm. I want to create some distance so that I can kind of see the forest through the trees instead of mm-hmm. being so upfront and, and close to it constantly that I had no perspective, um, like traveling. You know, like living a lifestyle where you're like able to just go out every weekend and go to every event Mm -hmm. or like do, you know, like take two weeks off and like travel like all these places. It's so funny because I like I lived that life for three years where I did whatever I wanted for three years. I had the van. I was like, Mm -hmm. cool. Like there were literally times where I'd be like 
in Ohio doing a workshop at Swift Movement or something. And then I'd like wake up and be like, you know what? I kind of want to go to LA and I just drive like the <laughs> next day. Like literally just like, I don't need to do anything else. Bad man. Like that's Living a crazy life, you yeah. know, just, and it was really cool, but I also like, it was really tiring. And I realized that like in a lot of ways it was fulfilling, but ultimately, like you were saying, it was kind of trapping me in that funnel, that circle, because I was doing the same things in different places and I wasn't growing, you know, there was no like potential for growth in that lifestyle, the way I was living it. But still, now that I'm out of it, I see it. You know, I see people like, I'm like, oh damn, Callum's in Vancouver. And then like, (laughs) he's going to see Davis in Oceanside. I'm so jealous. I wish I was living that life again. And it's like, dude, you, you know, like you chose not to (laughs) for this specific reason, but still the temptation is there to define yourself by the highlights that you're seeing from, you know, like all these other people around the world. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's like really interesting and it's really challenging. Um, and I think like you see a lot of young, younger people in our sport who like struggle with that, where they feel like if they're not able to make it as a professional athlete, they have no choice other than to do some like terrible minimum wage job or, you know, and I hear people saying that they're like, well, my only choice, I think it was, and, and this is not a knock against anybody. I think it was like when Hendo was talking about fig, uh, and why he like chose to compete in the speed course that one time. And I don't know if his thoughts have changed or whatever. It's like, I don't really have any opinion on whether or not he competes. It's, I like watching him run speed courses. So the people's it's champ. cool. He's the people's champ. Him, but, um, I think it like hit me because in the description at one point, there's like something along the lines of like, there are very few options open to me right now, other than like working construction or a crappy job or trying to make money through parkour. And I think a lot of like younger kids, especially relate really hard to that. And to me now I'm like seeing like, wow, like there's so many other sustainable paths and it's really nice sometimes to like just do a normal person job and a normal person Mm -hmm. life and then train in your off time. And I feel like you learn so much about yourself and like you learn to value your training in a totally different way and come at it from like a more mature perspective sometimes. And I don't know, I think it's like really easy to narrow, like you're saying, you kind of like can narrow your definition of your like relationship to a sport or to an activity to whatever other people in that culture are doing and like what those, you know, like culture makers have defined it as. Mm. And it's obviously like they're just living the life that they choose to enjoy. But from the outside looking in, right, it kind of like can get condensed into this thing that becomes like not true for them. Like they're not living that life. And it's definitely not true for like you. You're like, wow, I really want to live that life. And then it just is like this weird falsehood that nobody like is living up to and leaves everybody feeling kind of like dissatisfied. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Leak. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you there. Cause if you're going to narrow, you might as well narrow all the way for, 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 or you might have to narrow all the way to yeah. live said life. Yeah. And if you really don't, if you go 94%, it's not going to work out. Yeah. You know, if you go even 99%, it's like, mm, there's someone who's narrowed to 110%. Somehow. Yeah. They've like, and even for that person, like they might, it might not work out. Like I well, was the 110%, you know, I was oh, running yeah. around all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, actually this kind of like, is really cool sometimes, but sometimes it really sucks. Like I want to have more stability, well, you know, it's the magic of life, right? You don't really yeah. know. You don't know where it's going to take you really. When you like go all in on something, that's the beauty of it is yeah. you kind of just end up somewhere. Whoa. 
and you get to like kind of again and then i feel like you kind of sit in the the maybe the more like the more the bigger the wave you just rode the more you're kind of like oh shit you like start to realize what kind of waves are out there yeah you know what i mean i like the surfing analogy on this one because if you catch a really big wave you know, you don't know. It's not like we got into parkour thinking like, this is, yeah. look at that shit. Like you kind of yeah. like just caught something because you were just feeling good about yeah. it. And then all of a sudden you ride into shore and you're like, fuck. And like, damn, am I going to paddle out and get the <laughs> same one? Or am I going to like, I'm just kind of like, that was crazy. A little yeah. bit too. I want to like see, I want to look at the ocean a little bit more intensely before I mm-hmm. just start paddling at the next thing again. Yeah. Because I realize now that you can paddle onto I mean, something that will just completely change the course of your life. I mean, you kind of know that, but yeah. But either way, it's just um, it changes your perspective to experience a yeah. ride like that. To to keep fucking jerking off this surfing analogy. That's for sure true. And even if you end up like changing direction, I think the important thing and coming back to that, you know, like that algorithm, which for me really is training. Yeah. Because if you have that algorithm in the back of your head, like you're always going to want to move, you know, like mm-hmm. you're always going to want to do it for yourself, no matter what happens. Like there's going to be a part of you and maybe you'll take a break for a couple months, but there's always going to be a part of you that's like, man, it's sunny out. It's like, there's a cool <laughs> yeah. spot that I found the other day. I drove past, like, I'm going to go out and I'm jump around. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, and like that wave might take you somewhere totally different, but the lessons that you're learning there are still going to feed that part of you that is like tied into it's all additive for yeah. sure. Like he definitely builds upon itself. You know, I definitely, and that's, what's so curious to me too, is because I'm like, Oh, I'm fascinated to see like, you know, I'm not as interested in the things I was interested in. Like I just am plainly not like, I don't care about how far I can jump anymore. I used to care a lot. Mm-hmm. I could give two shits. I'm not going to jump further than I want. Like I just, I'm not interested in doing it. Maybe I could, but I'm not even interested in jumping further than what I used to get jump. Right. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, well, what am I interested in? And that can be the guiding principle or like that can be like, where is the growth? Like yeah. for me, growth is definitely a huge part of it. And you know, finding growth in other areas, like you're saying, like doing a different lifestyle is going to teach you a lot more potentially than being face to face with the same situation every yeah. day. Um, then again, it's, it's, yeah, like it just depends on own. the person on this own for path, sure. Right. And I know like for me personally, I love, and I've always loved, like since I started parkour, I've always looked at it as a way to condense just my general curiosity for like knowledge and mm. experience, you know, like I, I remember as a kid, my mom was like, what do you want to do when you grow up? We were talking and I was probably like maybe 10 or 11 and I had like 20 jobs. So I was like, I want to be like a cranberry farmer for a year. I want to like go and, you know, work in like a fish, like <laughs> harvesting place. Dude, I just I loved like weird love stuff. You know, <laughs> like I was like, I want to have all these, there's so much stuff in life that you can do. Yeah. And there's so many things that you can learn from like all these different paths. Like it would be really cool to try all of them. And then just see what kind of person turns up after, you know, like that's just going to be a weird, cool person. And I still kind of like feel that way. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people that just like want to do one thing, you know, like they like the idea of just having a thing that they've like really mastered that they know 
every single facet of it perfectly that they can predict tomorrow exactly what their day will look like. And for me, that's not really like part, like part of me wants to be that person for a year, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I think there's, cause I want to feel what that's like. I want to be able to relate <laughs> to it. And I want to learn the lessons that yeah. like come from, you know, perfecting your craft. I'm very much and like finding that, you know, like being, what is it? Uh, Jiro dreams of sushi, right? You know, like mm. he's done the same thing. He's made the same rolls of sushi for like 65 years. And because of that, he's achieved a level of perfection that I probably will never achieve in anything I do. Yeah. Or being like, you know, if you practiced a hundred barefoot precisions every day for 10 years and only that, yeah. how insane would your barefoot precisions be? You know, It'd like be- that's, next level yeah that's really cool but i don't have the personality to like focus on that i think some people do and it's just cool it's a trait and it's i think important like because i'm sure people will see this and be like oh so should i like take time off of training like what are they saying (laughs) it's like not saying anything no and we're not we're 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 doing what we want to do you should probably do the same yeah and and if you find like and i think the important thing is like if you find yourself drifting from parts of anything you're passionate about it doesn't necessarily follow that you're not passionate about the whole thing anymore you know yeah. it's like if you find yourself drifting away from like oh i don't like going to big jams it's like doesn't mean you don't love parkour just means yeah. that maybe means that parkour got bigger or yeah or like parkour you've just grown out of that part of that whatever like the also love the shit out of it but don't show up at the jam yeah you know what i mean like it's not that if you, like you said, it says by not showing up, it doesn't mean you don't love it. It just means parkour is bigger. Now there's people that love it that don't even show up at jams yeah. or more of those people. Yeah. You know, like you can think about it that way. That's, I think of how I like to think about it is just, yeah. we're all going to be parkour for life or whatever anyways, if we participate in it. So like might as well just follow our own lives. Yeah. And by extension, like we bring, we drag the net of parkour into like bigger and deeper and cooler spots than sure. each if we all just tried to pretend to do the same we thing into it if we weren't yeah and the people that are gonna there's always gonna be people that are so into it they're gonna be able to carry the torch of like whatever yeah. you thought you needed to do you know like if you're this crazy athlete there's gonna be crazier athletes oh yeah if you were like this uh um event hoster there's gonna be crazier i mean like yeah. everyone's always pushing it right so we don't really have to worry about responsibility in that regard i think it's always about like you're gonna do the best if you're the most passionate about it so yeah uh what was i saying before that there was a thought shit t-h-o-t a tot yeah <laughs> a tot those are my tots on that um oh i was just i was just agreeing with you I'm fascinated too. Like right now I've started taking like some fighting classes and kickboxing mm-hmm. and stuff. And I know you've done boxing, whatever. And to me, it's like, that's the, that's what's fascinating. I'm like, what is being a fighter going to do to my brain and my outlook on life? Yeah. Because it's different than being a parkour athlete or a snowboarder or a tennis player or a, someone who like was in band, like all these things <laughs> that I've done, Yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. in choir, like all these, I've done a lot of shit it's giving me insight. Like the algorithm's always running. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing it. I'm still, you know, yeah. my own tour. I'm like filtering my own information. And me. the coolest thing is like when we go out to train, I see the like differences, you know, oh, like yeah. how that, how the different things that we've done, like affect what's interesting, you know? Yeah. And I think like even an obvious example of that for me is like a function of moving to Denver, which is, 
I, most of my, or like not most of my training, but a lot more of my training now is kind of just like spontaneous exploration and like moving and like picking a spot and being like, I'm going to go there and just see what challenges pop up along the way and do those instead of like drilling stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's because here I'm not worried that anytime I get above five feet, somebody's going to call the cops. I'm going to have guns drawn on me. It's like, I I feel like I can explore. And as long as I'm not chilling on a building for like an hour, I'm not going to get in any trouble, you know? And that's been like a really fun thing is like going out with like Nick, for instance, who's really good at just exploring and being like, oh, I wonder what's on top of this roof. Like, let's just go climb it. There's no like second thought. And I think like that taps in for me to like such an OG part of training, which was when the Yamakaze were just like, we're going on people's apartment rooftops constantly just to like look and see what's up there. Like, oh, let's just climb the outside of this fire escape in the middle (laughs) of the day. Cause why not? We're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. And that like, I don't know, it's just like super fun, but I've, I've seen that that's just a function of me being here and having the opportunity to do that. Whereas like, again, in New York, it wasn't really an opportunity. Like the architecture doesn't lend itself to that kind of training and culturally, like it doesn't lend itself to that type of training. But like when I've gone back now, I see like, Oh, look at all these places to explore that I've never have tapped into because I like couldn't, I didn't have the space to develop the mindset, you know? Yeah. And now like here, it's like that space exists. I can kind of create that buffer so that when I'm out of my comfort zone and in a place that's like a little bit less conducive to it, it's like when we went to Chicago, you remember? And I was like, dude, I don't want to be like on this fire escape and everybody else is like just dipping out. And I'm like, I'm going to like try and dude, yeah, that was ease so the situation. Yeah. That like, I'm like super game to go on the fire escape. Yeah. I'm like very exploratory, degaff, like yeah. trespassing sign. What? Psh, what sign? Like, don't care about that kind of stuff. But then when the people show up, you're like happily. I learned a lot from you. And like, <laughs> I was like, oh, like he was able to just kind of talk to them and it was fine. Should we talk? Though? I ran down <laughs> after running 40 flights off the goddamn side of the Chicago building. I ran 40 flights down. <laughs> And like dipped like fucking Heisman to my way past like the security guard. Yep. And then just like booked it into a Starbucks and waited for like 30 minutes before I (laughs) met up with you guys because I thought police were for sure looking for me or whatever. Because I was just used to not being cool with security. But now I'm way cooler with security. And I use the the power of communication and the power of just like just um empathy even like compassion like knowing like where they come from what their job is like and just trying to see it from their point of view to really like yeah an understanding and usually everyone's fine you can without any tickets for the viewers that don't know what we're talking about which is probably everybody because the video never came out um when we were on the storm tour we're in chicago and we like climbed up a building outside of what is it like skyline park no i don't remember what the park is in downtown chicago but the main park and it was like right on the outside. It was like 40 story building. And we totally got caught at the top by security. And the security guard is like, what the hell are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. We're like, we're taking photos. And he's like, well, you're going to be going to jail for that. And was like pretty aggressive about yeah, it. He came out swinging. He came out swinging for sure. He was <laughs> uncomfortable. And it was what? It was Alex Shower, this BMX guy from Woodward 
who oh, was like helping God, film Matt. Matt, yeah. Um, and then Matt you, Bora. yeah. And then who else was? Was there anybody else other than you, Alex, and Matt? Uh, it was. It was you. It was up there. I was up there, yeah. And then, uh, no, I think it was. Just I think the this four is. Of th- us. Yeah, this is the four of us. So I was down, like getting, yeah, getting ready to film from the downtown, and yeah, we were maybe gonna get a drone shot, but not really. He was doing like hyperlapse stuff, hyperlapse, I think. So, yeah. Okay. But um, these guys ended up running. They just like broke down the the stairs kind of as soon as we got caught and i was like very uncomfortable with running from security just and again it's like the you know how you're raised all these things that go into it i feel like i've always been pretty like tried to be respectful and everything and so you guys dipped onto the next roof to try and find a way down Mm -hmm. and then i was like talking to the security guard as we're like walking down the staircase it's like look man you just like really freaked them out like we're we just came up here to get some pictures we're just traveling through like we don't have the money to like be going to jail and and we're not really honestly like not doing anything wrong like we didn't damage any of the property you have video of us so you know exactly what we've done you know and he was just like well i know that all that's true but now they're running and that's the problem and i was like they're running because you freaked him out you know (laughs) so finally you guys get back because the there's no exit on the other roof yeah so then you do this like little running pre yeah a little sick pre little like sick pre like 15 (laughs) stories up to a rail of the edge of a fire escape which alex shower got all this on his gopro as well which is the best part is there's Uh, all these pov escape videos like we have an actual pov escape that was a real one that was legit um and then at the bottom the security guard had called his other homies. So I think there was like one or two other security guards mm-hmm. and, uh, Brandon ended up just running all the way down doing this descent at the end <laughs> to get down. And then I remember you yelling, I left my Frisbee or something along those that lines. That was right when they questioned us. Was that when they questioned us? That was at us? the very top. I was okay. like, oh, we left. My-. I was just kind of like trying to diffuse the tension. Yeah. I was like, I left my Frisbee up here. <laughs> I don't know. That's like I got a hell of an arm. That's my defense mechanism. Is like yeah. Maybe if I make someone laugh, like we'll be good there. Yeah. But he didn't laugh, so I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So you dipped out. Like I had an instinct buried deep down that was like, run away. Yeah. Because like sometimes that's a really good instinct. Like I found out that like mm, when I was younger, because I was I wasn't being the best person necessarily that I could be, but hey. I was learning. I was out Shit there. Happens. I was out there with the algorithm learning. Yeah. And I was doing a lot of like underage drinking when I was in high school and stuff, which I don't recommend. I think it's probably not the best use of your time. But I, again, I'm not gonna. Pretend May have that. lost some brain cells, but <sighs> we lost some. You you've My, grown you, them back. We, that neuroplasticity. I got some alpha brain out here. We're good. <laughs> I needed to take myself down a notch. All right. Yeah. I was ahead of the curve. <laughs> I needed to like. I couldn't relate. Even, you, know? you had to even out with I the rest. I had to like the, come down a notch. With rest you. of the cohort. Well, all that to say, I would you know with parties and stuff getting busted up and things. Yeah. I found that like generally, people that run away don't get tickets, and people that stick <laughs> around and try to talk. But that's because you're in the wrong for sure. Yeah. If you're if you're underage drinking or if you're whatever, and I always found that I could get away because. I'm faster than a police officer. Yeah. Generally, you know, yeah. Even before training parkour, it was pretty easy to get away with someone on foot. I'm much better now at using a more mature approach. Yeah. And I don't need to run away. But, yeah. uh, still but sometimes I have that instinct buried in where I'm just like, let's go, you know, it just as easily. Like, cause I, it ended up with me and Alex and Matt 
down on the ground. Mm -hmm. And then the head of security was this woman who was like, came out not swinging, but was like, what were you guys doing up there? And we were just like, look, we're like in town. We just wanted a couple photographs. We knew that we shouldn't be up there, but we thought we'd just be up and out without bothering anybody. We're sorry that we've now obviously inconvenienced you. You're going to have to fill out paperwork and all this other stuff. And we've made your day like a lot harder than it needed to be. That was not our intention. And our intention definitely was not to like damage the building, do anybody any harm. We literally just wanted to like get up, take photos of the park and leave without anybody knowing. And she was just kind of like, okay, like you guys don't seem like vandals, you know, like I'm going to let you go. I'll call the police in five minutes. I suggest you're not in the area (laughs) in five minutes because I have to call the police because we had like set off an alarm on the fire escape. Um, But I mean, just as easily that situation could have turned out like it's a security guard or head of security who's having a really bad day. They're super frustrated that we've caused them trouble and me trying to be like, Hey, it's not that big of a deal. We didn't want to do anybody any harm you know, throws them in the other direction. So it's like, it's tough to read that situation. Sometimes I think the, the escape approach ends up saving everybody a lot more stress, you know? Sometimes. Yeah. But it kind of depends on the group too. Like I know you guys can kind of, it was me, me and Alex shower you know? also look like, very right, innocent. Like, it's sort of like, we're all kind yeah. of every man for himself. Like no one's, it's different sometimes if you're up with a group where you're like, all right, these people leading the group yeah i didn't feel like i was in charge of anything i felt like (laughs) i don't want to get in trouble i don't know what these guys want but i don't want to get in trouble i'm out of here yeah (laughs) for sure i'm just gonna make sure that there's no reason there's no way they can get me in trouble yep but it's that also could that could also work against you guys you know if everyone's not it's better to have a plan it's better to maybe not get caught is it yeah um these are the things that you're going to fit, come up against those. To be fair, really we did kind of throw you under the bus. Did you? We were like, oh, we didn't really know that guy. We met him playing basketball oh, in the park. Do. Oh, I expect you know? that. Yeah. No, you don't know me. I don't know you. <laughs> that's, dude, that's rule number one. Yeah. You don't. That's no, the fight club. No rats, The baby. fight club we rule. We ratting each other out. We all just met. We don't know each other's <laughs> names. I've never seen these people. No, that's number, I mean, rule number one maybe is run away, but really rule number one is... You don't ever rat out your homies. No. You're just like, I don't know who the fuck that guy was. Amen. What? Who? Protect what your neck. I just met him. <laughs> you know, we stick together even though we don't know each other. But yeah, I still, that could have put you guys in a tough spot though. Yeah. Because they're like, well, why did he run? Yeah. And then they were like grilling you about me and what I might be doing. You know? They were just, actually like, yeah. they're like, why did that guy run? Like he's going to be the one that now like we tell the police about yeah exactly and so, that draws more attention to me yeah it's like it is a riskier maneuver but because like let's say they the cops do come now they're like they're looking for the guy that ran and got away not for the people that kind of like cleared it up already. yeah so i don't recommend it i don't recommend anything in fairness though look at it we both turned out okay we in both fairy. escaped unscathed we've got we both got away if you've good. mastered your technique if either you're technique run, you works get the fuck away. yeah that's all i would say if you're you know what the narrowing yeah if you're gonna run away you better get away and if you're gonna stay and help. talk if you're gonna cooperate cooperate yeah if you're gonna cooperate you better have a lot of experience with customer service because <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna need to diffuse the situation very well oh man i can't wait for that 
eventually to you know whatever yeah now that they're posting footage but he's i think he posted the santorini one and some of the other ones so they're gonna put like a little mini series together like the modus projects did with their uh, nice did he post the flint clips yet no no well actually i may or may not have i I, i've heard yes a preview of some of the things that i'll show you yeah I don't know. I mean, I was there, so. You were there. You I know, know what, what went down. <laughs> well, and it's just like, I the saw game f- has changed so much, too, now that, like, even though some of that stuff really holds up, I think, which is crazy that it does, because it changes so fast it's now. It's been, what, four years? Four years. That was the summer was it of 16, 20, or was it summer 16. of 15? I think it was, maybe 16? it was 16. I can't remember. But either way, it's insane now, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what. It's a fun time. What they'll do with that, but, um. That was an amazing that was an amazing life experience for sure. Yeah, shout out Kai. Shout out really shout out Kai because he was like I couldn't afford to go unless someone flew me back from Chicago. Oh wow. Cuz I only had time to do it up until Chicago and he was like, "Dude, flights from Chicago to New York are 70 bucks. Like, I'll literally buy it right now for you." And Kai he did. He's a legend. Also shout out my parents cuz I forgot my passport and they drove well, your parents to Connecticut day two. Too, they housed us for like yeah for like five days. That was in where New I York. showed up. I remember I was like, that was a squad. Down, I almost fell down your basement stairs. <laughs> like, oh man, that was such a yeah. That was such a mesmer. Uh, well, that was like who was on that trip? Experience. It was like me and Dylan. Yep. Kai, Lynn, Blue, Shower, Shower, Tara from Woodward. Tara from Woodward, but she didn't stay. Matt. Yeah, Tara and Matt, we picked up Knox in Pennsylvania. Joined up in Flint. Mm-hmm. We met Ryan Keenan out there a little bit. Mm-hmm. And is there anybody? Phil. Phil of yeah. Billy D. Squad. Squad. It was, was a serious a... squad. That was. That maybe is like the greatest American road trip I've ever taken. That was pretty wild. Yeah, it was a good one. Do you remember when we stayed in that frat house in Flint? I did. I was thinking of that. I was like, where was that? I was like, that was in Flint, dude. We were all on couches and like, that was yep. a weird wild night. Uh, oh, who's that? Oh, someone's at the door. We got our guest. Like, it's Mr. Rogers. Let's check it out. <laughs> I think it's actually a package. I'm just going to... Go grab it. I'm just going to grab it. I'll hold down the fort over here. Oh, it was a package. What could be inside? What is this? It's definitely, someone definitely just left a bomb outside Brandon's door. Oh, it's my new modem. Oh, nice. So you can get even faster streams of the, <laughs> of the Hydra podcast. Yeah, I got a new modem and I got a new nightstand. Ooh, nice. On account of, you got to have nightstands on both sides of your bed. Yeah. And I only have on one side of my bed right now. That's no good. All right, man. I think with that interruption, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about, but it's getting hot in here. The it AC's is. been off for a minute. and I got some mochi in the freezer. I'm trying mochi to mochi we got to eat. So we thank the the viewer and <laughs> we... Um, Dude, shout out. Go watch Dave Chappelle. Yeah. I would start with Chappelle show and then work to his uh, newer stuff so you have some context. But you can start with the new stuff too. And that works. All the good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can't miss with him. Just, just go watch the, just go watch the, uh, the black KKK skit on. Oh, yeah. uh, 
on YouTube. That's a good one to start with <laughs> for Dave Chappelle. Oh man, that was like the episode one or one of yeah. the first. Yeah, he, I think it was episode one out, or two. Talk about come out swinging. Mm-hmm. Chappelle does not fuck around, but he's been in the game like so long. Like that's another one that we're he's talk about being good at one thing like he started, yep. he started being on stage at like 13 14 or something and he's been like doing comedy for his entire existence so yeah it's no wonder he's got away with it he knows thank you guys for watching all right thanks everyone thanks for the listeners that will eventually hear this as i put the last three live streams that i've put out <laughs> on the actual podcast stream um that's happening soon so we'll we'll see you guys real soon thank you guys bye